Hey everyone, and welcome back to Books with Spice, please. I'm Al. And I'm Katie, and in this week's episode, we're going to be discussing and reviewing That Time I Got Drunk and Needed a Love Potion at a Werewolf by Kimberly Wilming. So, we obviously loved the first book in this series last season of the podcast, so we couldn't wait to finally get this book on the pod. It's been a long time coming. I couldn't wait to get my physical copy. I finally have it. So as I read it this time, I annotated it. And so I have all of my notes in our spice section. So I'm super excited to get started and talk about this book today. Wait, was it already last season? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was this season that we did it, like the very beginning. Was it? It might have. It's been a while. It might have been the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think it was like the very beginning of the season. Yeah, okay, okay. It might have been like the very beginning of the season. It feels like forever ago. This year has flown by. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. I know. So, fantasy romance. And we know that Kimberly Lemming is a self-published author. This is her second book in the series. She does have a little novella that also takes place in this world as well. Yes. So I have the physical book. It had 168 pages in it. I read it on KU and it had 204 pages. There is going to be another one. The epilogue, I think, gives it away who the next one is going to be, right? Do you want to talk about that now or after we give our spoiler warning? Uh, let's talk about it. I mean, it's not very much of a spoiler. It's going to be Dante, the other storm dragon. Which I cannot wait for because Dante is so sassy. He is great and grumpy. He's a little grumpy. I love his grumpiness. I know. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. So with that, let's go into the trigger warnings. Yes. Remember, we are an 18 plus podcast. The trigger warnings, content warnings at the beginning of the book from the author say kidnapping, graphic violence, dubious consent, there's a love potion, light BDSM, and I added on tentacles. Uh, if you're not, not going to want that, it, it's not mentioned until it happens. So, forewarning, tentacles. If you're not wanting it, there's that. Yeah. With that said, let's go into the quick summary here. That is the synopsis of our book. Anyone else ever thrown a drink at someone's head only to miss entirely and hit a stranger behind them? Then have that stranger fall madly in love with you because it turned out that that drink you threw was a love potion? No? Just me? Well, damn. Dealing with a pirate ship full of demons that just moved into town was hard enough. Now on top of it, I have to convince a werewolf that I'm not his jaded mate. He's just drugged. Easier said than done. Though I have to say, having a gorgeous man show up and do all of your chores while telling you you're beautiful isn't the worst thing to happen to a girl love that <laughs> and from now on spoiler warning do, 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 do. so the great thing about these books is they're pretty short and the character list is pretty small so for this book we have brie and felix they are our main female character and main male characters we know felix from the last book and we know brie from the last book as well don't we Yes, Brie is Cinnamon's best friend. She was very close to the family growing up and is basically like 
Cinnamon's family is basically like her surrogate family. She likes her space. Her family is a cheese family. And she makes some cheeses for their shop in town. She was very close to Cinnamon. Cinnamon, I believe they sold her a property, a piece of their property. Yes, and she has her own sheep because she loves to, like, knit or crochet or something like that. And she makes her own wool to, like, crochet and stuff. And she has, like, a bunch of, like, crochet decorations or knit decorations, like, all over her house, like, little doilies. Mm-hmm. I love that. It was so funny. Like, Felix is just, like, laying down and, like, looking around at her decor. And it's just like, wow, there's there's a lot of doilies on the wall. It's I was so like, that cute. is so funny. I love it. And she's like, they're pretty cheap to keep, so. <laughs> yeah. But Felix is a werewolf born werewolf. There's a difference. You can, like, be born a werewolf or you can be turned a werewolf by being bit, which is different. Um, so he's like a demon werewolf, where she would be like a human turned werewolf, blah 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 type of thing. Um, which I don't know, I hadn't thought about that until this. They talked about it in the book. He is part of the ship crew under Usha since Miva has Miva Miva had fallen. He is smart. <laughs> um, he was raised by like trolls or something like that. Are they trolls or are they they're orcs? I think they're orcs. Yeah, his brothers are all, like, orcs. So, it's interesting. Yeah, it's really funny. I hope we get some more of him, too, in the next book. I think you also need to just read an orc romance. I do. I need to get into an orc. (laughs) Halloween is coming up. Oh, you know what? This reminds me. I'm going to shout out Bonded Books Podcast. They did a full in-depth review of A Lady in the Orc. Yes, you read that one. You loved it, It was it, really you? great. I did. I loved it. There wasn't enough groveling, but it was really good. That's I loved okay. it. Um, also, so I know you might hear my puppy that I'm puppy sitting in the background because she's a little crazy. Anyway. Live it life. Forward. So then we got like Sin, Cinnamon, Sin, you know. Our main girl from our last book and Fallon, our main man from the last book, comes. We see a little bit more of Kitty. She's briefly mentioned, I believe, in the first book as both Bree and Cinnamon's friend, but she's definitely closer to Bree. Because Cinnamon and Kitty kind of bicker a bit. And then a new character. You want to tell us about Alexis? Yes. Alexis is a talking sword with a filthy mind. And that's all I can really bring with you from Alexis. <laughs> I don't know much else to say about I Alexis. was so, like, mind-boggled by her character. Not mind-boggled, but I was, like, kind of taken aback. And then I was like, oh my god, I love this. I was not expecting Alexis' character at all. Right. I feel like this is, like, the second book of this series. and But I liked a lot of the pieces of this book and at one point before Alexis is introduced I kind of felt like the plot had like it all kind of just slowed down and I was kind of losing my interest a little bit and so when all of the plot happens towards the second half of the book it all picks up again and Alexis kind of she just keeps that I mean we say she is a sword and her name's Alexis so I guess we could call her her I just not sure (laughs) I, I don't want to call it. I don't want to call Alexis. Alexis it I don't know. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> um. But 
it just kind of kept it was funny and kept kept coming back it brought that back that like funniness that i feel like i remember from the first book and while that happens throughout the first parts of the book i think that the like i don't know it was so good but alexis coming in really brought the book around for me in that second half yeah i really appreciated her character too she's full of sassy remarks and teasing (laughs) Bree. it was great Yes, love that. And then Usha is still in the book. Yeah. Uh, she is more towards the end again, um, when everyone has been kidnapped and whatnot, but she is still here. And I feel like Usha, in the first book, I like didn't like her character as much. She was kind of, like, I liked her character, but it was kind of off and on. And then in this book, I feel like her character is, like, so set. I know what to expect from her and she's a really important character um especially for felix and stuff like that like because she is in the beginning of the book with felix as well so not she's even like just a big this... sister to felix. yeah she's like in the book throughout so she's a really a really great older wiser character and i love how she just doesn't put up with all of everyone's shit and she's a human woman but in control of all these demons on the pirate ship right <laughs> and she has a hyena i feel like that's underrated and not mentioned enough i know it's just something so casually brought up but she's got a pet hyena and i know she does use it as a threat sometimes <laughs> yes there's one of the one of the characters on the pirate ship is trying to bring pets onto the ship and she's like you can bring one and he brings too many and she was like if you don't get rid of all these animals because he says he rescued them but she's like put those animals back where you stole them from (laughs) um and but uh she's like if you don't if you don't get rid of these animals i'm gonna stick my hyena on you on your pets and he's like oh my gosh no 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 so it was it was really funny yeah with that let's get into the opening line of this book because i think we both wrote notes on it and how wonderful it was Yes, that's my. I think that's my only non-spice related note. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, so I'm, I have the quote here. I'll read it out loud. Potatoes are by far the most versatile crop. You could fry them up, bake them, or throw them at undesirable men who refuse to leave you alone. <laughs> yes, I love that it starts off with potatoes. It just is so us. I've been thinking about potatoes. And posting about potatoes again on Insta stories because I feel like we just need to post more on stories and whatever is going to get us there is going to get us there. And potatoes, mutual love of potatoes. I know. And I've been not eating baked potatoes as often as I was. Like, I went through a whole phase back last fall, but I feel like coming back, it's time for a return of the baked potato. (laughs) I feel like I went to buy potatoes the other day and they were kind of expensive. Have you noticed that? No, they're still like five dollars for like a big bag of them here. It was like almost ten dollars for a, a ten pound bag of potatoes. Mm, no thanks. And I was like, "Wait, what?" That's so sad. I know, and it's so it's so bad. The prices have gone up so much. Yeah. Let's get back into this fantasy romance. Um, <laughs> Fuck real life. Let's get back into <laughs> oh the fantasy. Oh my gosh. No, thank you, um, Felix and Bree are both at a bar, but they're not there together. They're just both there. 
Yes. So what happens is this man who keeps trying to get Brie to, you know, be with him romantically, will not stop pestering her. They're at the bar. He tries to get her a drink and she's like, no, I don't want you to buy me a drink. Takes the drink that he had handed her and throws it. It lands on Felix. Ends up being that love potion mentioned in the synopsis. Correct. And everyone was pissed that this guy was literally trying to drug her. Okay, I feel like that's, like, how it starts. Like, this guy's trying to drug her, and then Felix accidentally gets drugged. So, like, it's kind of fine. But also... (laughs) It's kind of (laughs) fine. It was an accident that he was drugged. But also, they're mates. He just knows it. But, you know. Yes. So, and everyone's like, no, no, no. It's a love potion, you crazy werewolf. But he tells her, I quote, love potion or not, you can't fake a hunger like this. If it weren't for this crowd, I'd show you just how much I already burned for you. You're mine, Bree. <laughs> yes, and the moment the love potion hit, I quote, her voice shook him out of whatever trance he was in. He chuckled before smiling, his face lighting up like sunbeams names- namesake. I'm better than okay, he said tracing the outline of my jaw with the back of his knuckles. I just imprinted on my mate. Yeah. They're like, uh, no. She does not believe him for a second. And then they leave the bar. They go their separate ways. Bree is attacked by a ghoul. Is that how you say it? A ghoul? Ghoul. Ghoul. Yeah, I was like, that's not, I don't, I don't know why. I, okay. I say ghoul all the time. <laughs> Anyways, on the way home, and Felix had actually followed her <laughs> in wolf form. And she's terrified of him. He ends up saving her, but she's so terrified of Felix in his wolf form that she ends up fainting. Right. And then he takes her home and puts her to bed. He could not stay away from her. I know. And that's when she woke up discovering that he did a whole bunch of chores for her. Honestly, yes. it was so sweet. She wakes up for breakfast, I think, right? He's making her breakfast. I, yeah, he I think he's making burns eggs it. at the table or, you know, at the stove. Yeah. And then we find out that he's stuck under that influence of the potion for two weeks, at least. And then he just like, starts going off about how he wants ten kids and it really freaks her out. She's like, what? Right. He was like... She was like, no thanks. No kids for me. I can barely take care of myself still. Right? <laughs> like, maybe two. And she's just, like, not a big family person. She only has a brother and a mom. She keeps herself mostly. So. Right. And she's funny. still pretty sure that this is just a love potion. Like, there's no way that he's faded mates with her. That would just be too perfect. She's not gonna, like, let the wall down to think that this could be real right and so he's still trying to like sleep with her and like tell her that this is real like he's not trying to sleep with her he's more just trying to tell her that it's re- like this is real that he really is like fated mates with her because she doesn't believe it um and she tells him that she'll reconsider sleeping with him after the two weeks of this potion is up and i quote so he asks her I quote, what about when my two weeks are up? If I still burn for you then, what will you do? Leaning my head against the shelf, I sighed and let honesty slip through. 
I imagine I'll be begging you to bend me over the nearest surface. Suddenly, the heat of his body was gone. Felix backed away several steps and turned around, running a frantic hand through his hair. <laughs> He's, He's so like, oh, cute. I can't I love do him. it. Oh. I know. And then he also, I want to say, too, he sees her romance books because our girl Brie is a huge romance reader. And I loved all of the the romance brought up. Like, I believe Omega Verse is brought up. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, this is great. But he sees the romance books and says that he thought being faded mites might excite her more because of them. And I quote, should I growl in your ear that you're mine and toss you over my shoulder? I admit, it's not my style, but for you, lamb, anything. <laughs> I quote, just say the word, lamb. Tell me you want me to. I'd be more than happy to fulfill any desires those books gave you. I know. Uh, Nothing wrong with a bit of a dra- drama in a love story. Judging by the sea of alpha titles and barrel-chested men on the covers, is it fair to say an aggressive approach would work better? <laughs> judging by the rather interesting books on your shelf the I, I assumed the idea might excite you and then also she's um running away from him at one point and she says get away from me I don't taste good I screamed the beast let out a low rumble and ran faster I'm not gonna eat you just stop in a flash the demon darted in front of me and grabbed my shoulders when I slammed into its chest Dagger-like teeth slashing to a hungry grin that seemed oddly familiar. Please don't run for me, he panted. It's getting me a little too excited. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> She's like terrified and he's like, no, he's stop. <laughs> right. <laughs> <sighs> and then shortly after that, he goes to see Dante and, well, actually, I think this is where he goes to Usha for advice, but Dante's also there. So he goes to Usha for advice, and they read. Usha is bombarded by the orcs with a like female anatomy book, and yes. they start talking about the female anatomy with Usha and asking her questions. Do we want to wait and talk about that part on Friday Night Spice so we can get into those dirty deeds? Do we want to promise that we'll do Friday Night Spice, or do we just want to talk about it now? We should promise. We we got oh we got to do our Sunday spice. It's now going to be Sunday sipping spice or whatever. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we got to do it. Okay. Sunday. Sunday morning. What time? Um, what time works for you? What time works for you? Sunday mornings. I'm pretty open. I'm pretty open. Okay. Well, what's too early? Five a.m. is too early. Okay, I can do six a.m. or seven a.m. my time. Which one would be better for you, six or seven? Seven. Let's do seven. Yes. At least. Seven. Uh, seven is. Yeah. Seven is perfect. Cool. Okay. Yeah, we'll do seven. Okay. All right. So we'll talk about the female anatomy on Sunday morning spice. Heck yeah! Oh my gosh! At ten a.m. <laughs> so Eastern time, seven a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Bring your coffee, and bring your book. Trust me, you'll want to hear this, or go read this book. And then come chat with us about it. <laughs> Alright, so let's make a note. Sunday Night Spice, Usha giving the boys the breakdown. Yeah. But from there, Felix gets some interesting information about female anatomy, and then he is asking where Dante is, 
because it's raining and he wants the rain to stop? Nope, we're not there yet. Not there yet. Okay. So he gets the birth control rune from Dante right. at that little time. At that time. Yes, he's always bothering Dante. So <laughs> There's so many instances. Yes, yes, but this first one is getting the birth control rune. And I thought it was hilarious because it hurt him for a little bit. And he was complaining. And Dante is just like, suck it up. It's less painful than what your mate would go through in childbirth, dude. So just chill out. <laughs> Yes, Dante was so excited to do it. It's his first time ever giving someone like a birth control rune. It's like a rite of dragon passage or something like that. Uh-huh. When you're when you like become a man or something, and it's like he like hit him in like the groin area, or, like the lower abdomen or something above the hip, and this like magic rune sprouts, and it just like Felix like drops in pain, and he's like, because Dante has told him it doesn't hurt. <laughs> but Felix drops in pain, and he's like, you scoundrel, you bastard. He's screaming at the top of his lungs about how sadistic he is and all this stuff because it hurts so bad. I thought it was hilarious. And that, later on, like, he asked him to take it off, and I was like, is he, is he, he's not afraid that it's going to hurt to come off? <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. He was too excited at the end because he's like, I'm going to be a father. <laughs> <laughs> so excited it's so funny oh okay yeah so it's like after that i think the next major plot point is forcing the courthouse to give him a marriage certificate so that he and brie were technically married on paper and he thought it would help prevent her from being taken like one of the other or like many of the other single women in the area had been taken Yes, when he's on the ship, he learns of the he learns of the kidnapped women, and he is concerned that all the women were single. So he makes it so that Bree's not single. He bullies the the guy that you know at the counter and gets them married. After that, Bree has come home to see him putting up the sign with his last name outside her house, and she had just come back from telling or um from cinnamon and balance house i believe and they were doing research on how to get the love potion to wear off or get it off to reverse the curse faster and basically there's like a few things she could try and then if all that fails having sex might help him get over it sooner because he could like hurt himself or hurt her with how intense it is yeah, his need for her could, like, overwhelm. hmm So, she's terrified that he's gonna just explode. So, she heads out to home with these spell books. She explains that humans have some base magic as beings, and she can try to do some spells on him. And if it's not gonna work, they could just bone, and maybe it'll just wear off then, or... The two weeks and, you know, that'll just have to be that. Mm-hmm. So she heads over to see Felix and that's when she sees all of this and finds out about the missing women. And she lets Felix know what's going to be going on. <laughs> so they give the, the spells a few attempts. Then we get some weird tentacles and they're like, okay, this obviously isn't working. And 
they decide to have sex together. So I have all of my notes for that part in the spice segment of our show. So let's go ahead and do the next plot point of the book. Felix, this is when Felix goes to Dante to ask him to stop the rain so that they can go on a date together. They were going to like go on a boat and there's like this piece of land that they were going to have a picnic on. Right. And it, and it, like that night before they had had sex the like two or three times. Did she go to Cinnamon's house that night too? And there was the ghoul that scared them and then the morning happened. Yes. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Let's so let's back up. So after the bomb ass sex that they have, she goes to Cinnamon's house again for a late night pep talk, basically. And Cinnamon's like, "Girl, just go ahead and put yourself out there. You'll never know, and you'll deal with the heartbreak if it comes later. But at least you know you tried." Yeah, she's letting her like, letting her know that it's okay to let her walls down a little bit. Yeah. And it, I thought it was really funny, too, that Fallon just, like, was not even surprised and was very nonchalant and nice. And, like, I think he was the one to make them tea or something. And then when Felix showed up, he was very pissy. Was that at this moment or another time when Felix woke them up, Fallon up? Yes, he woke them up this time. Yeah. And Fallon was pissed. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ah. She's always waking up these dragons. I know. <laughs> but that's, yes, Bree is attacked by a ghoul again. And we find out, too, this ghoul kind of says something about the missing women. How they're, re- she's like, they're responsible for the missing women. So there's a connection there. Right. Um, And then, you know, the next day, they've spent the night together. They cuddled and slept together on the couch. Um, he protected her from, you know, the evils, even though she was scared of his werewolf form, which he was so sweet about. He, like, was really cautious of her being afraid of his werewolf form. He was like, I'll sleep outside in my werewolf form, you know, or I'll sleep outside because, you know, I bother you. You know, you're scared of me. And she was like, no, don't. I'm not scared of you. And you can't protect me from the barn. Like... <laughs> Yeah. You need me inside to protect me. And he's like, is that what I am too? Just a guard dog? She's like, no, you're also a good farm hand. Don't worry. It's <laughs> like, oh, I see. Okay. Um, but yeah, after attacking that ghoul, he goes and gets cleaned up and they spend the night. And then, you know, I feel like we've said it like a, a million times. The next day he wakes up Dante and asks him to stop the rain. And um, he comes back to Bree and they go out on their date and have crazy good sex on the bank of the the river and find Alexis. Yes. Also, okay, so that's also the moment, too, that she tells him that she thinks she might love him, and he, like, (laughs) he's so excited and happy. It's, like, the cutest shit ever. He makes her say it, like, 600 times. I put it as, like, a really daddy moment. Like, no, what did you say? Say it again. I'll put you in this water if you don't tell me that again. I couldn't hear you. There, yeah, it's incredible. And yeah, that's how Alexis is introduced. She, it's like an alligator ghoul or something. It is. It's like, I mean, I don't know. I think, was it just a regular alligator? 
I don't know. I was kind of confused at that part. I think that the sword was that the alligator had eaten somebody with the sword. Oh, okay. And it was really weirdly mentioned too, briefly, that her creator was like a wizard or something that was also once Felix's exes. Right. So that was interesting. I thought that was kind of funny. He was so embarrassed. Yeah. He's like, I know that person. Yeah. (laughs) But, so that's when they get Alexis, and they bring Alexis to Fallon because they believe that Alexis might have more information about where the people are that could have stolen the women, if the people that these people are even associated with those women and so they're trying to get Alexis to speak but Alexis wants to go to the beach and like see naked people yeah (laughs) she really wants to be surrounded by some hot naked men (laughs) yeah on the beach so she was like once you get me on the beach and surround with hot naked men then I'll talk and they're like no 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 you're gonna talk now and they like threaten to like hit like shove her in deer poop and she's like, no, 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 you'll ruin my polish, blah, blah, blah. And and then she tells them more information. Um, And it's shortly after this that then, what's her face? Brie is kidnapped by yes. that re like the, it was Cinnamon's sister, right? Or cousin? Because no, they were trying to get Cinnamon to come over to the person. It's Kitty, and I think they're just friends. I don't think they're related to Cinnamon. Maybe cousin, but I don't think they're related. I don't know. They assumed that Cinnamon would try to go to her because she was uh, injured and, you know, asking for her to come to her. And as soon as Bree touches her, they teleport to where the kidnapped women are. Yeah, because bring Kitty a little bit closer, I think. Yeah, she runs out and she's like, I don't think that this is fake. I think that this is really Kitty. And it was really Kitty, but it was a trap as well. So. Yeah. So that's when they discover that the Order of the Claw or something like that, this cult, is behind the kidnappings and they're trying to give... They're siphoning women's magic and trying yes. to give it to this beast... They're hardcore misogynists. Yeah, and it's made, they're made fun of a lot. Alexis does a really great job. Uh, so sort of the others. You can't get laid, so you have to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. And then that's when she wakes up. Like, she is, she'd fallen asleep or been knocked out, and she sees the dozens of other women. And they didn't take Alexis away. They didn't take their sword away, so she's able to help cut them all free. Yes, she cuts them out of their binding. Some of them can't walk. And she knows that, Brie knows that Fallon and Felix and them are know where she's going. They're going to use the magic from the sword. They were, like, locating things. Like, things were happening. And she knows that there's going to be, like, a sneak attack on where they're at, basically. And so she tells Usha, because Usha's there as well, and all, like, you know, all those missing women is accounted for. They are accounted for. And um they decide to go deeper into the situation 
and attack from the inside to be a distraction while they also attack from the outside and for, you know, the rescue party. Cause chaos on both ends, which is a great plan and super brave of Usha. I feel like she just jumps right in and is just like, all right, let's run downstairs even farther into this whatever is going on here. She's just a naturally, like a natural born leader, you know? Yeah, she's killing it. So she swings down in there. She's like, if you're not built for, if your tits aren't made for murder, don't come, you know, or something like that. I so I, I don't know if my tits were made for murder. I also do want to say, like, this is a smaller part, kind of, but I do like the fact that Bree had this internal struggle and, like, this guilt with having to kill to save herself, but, and others. So that was like a hard moment and Alexis really like talks her through it. Yeah, it's really sweet. Alexis really helps her out and they get through it quick and she's got some pretty natural talent. Mm-hmm. And that's she's when they come head to head with like the villain of the story. And it's kind of a wild thing. They're like, is that a giant lobster? Right. It's I couldn't understand it really. They were like going to sacrifice the girl's magic so this lobster thing it's going to make the order of the world better. But then the rest of the gang comes in as they're attacking this lobster thing. And Brie, like, goes into another reality and is faced with the essence of Miva, who is actually just the lobster thing renamed. It's kind of like that the first in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where it's like, evil is evil oh my god be around you're right you and your buffy references i love how you can relate everything back to buffy <laughs> every time i feel like buffy gets brought up at least once every other episode <laughs> well i have i have absorbed very little sto- very very few storylines <laughs> so, yeah we got buffy and Grey's anatomy twilight you know them get the basics yeah (laughs) but yeah so she's the one that ends up defeating myva the essence thing yes she resists the urge to merge with the powers that could be so yeah and i think that about wraps up the story because she i mean felix they find the antidote to the love potion that's what they were after when they were running deeper into the thing they were like well if we're here we might as well cause chaos and help find the antidote because they discovered the potions and they're like, well, if they've got the potions, they probably have an antidote. Um, it's this cult that's basically just going to drug women to make them compliant. <laughs> to make them in war and control. It was, was fucking crazy. Honestly, like, it was really weird. And so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. I was like, damn. <laughs> there wow. would be a bunch of fuckboys that tried this shit, though, in real life. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh and then so Felix gets the antidote and he still is in love with her and she accidentally got bit during the scuffle by him like he bit her he like lost his cool because of the love potion and like being too far away from her or something like that lost his cool bit her he was horrified that he had bit her without her permission she was totally fine with it. She was like, what does this mean? I'm going to be crazy once a month? Like, I already do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he uh, feels guilty. But then it's like, he thinks that she's mad at him. 
And so he kind of stays away from her for a little bit. But when he comes back around, she's like, like, what's up? Like, why are you gone? Like, I'm not like, mad at you. Yeah, because she was worried, too, since he was staying away, that he really wasn't her faded mate. So she was, like, upset and, like, just tell me and leave. And he's like, what? No. You're really my faded mate. <laughs> I loved it. It was so cute. Yeah. And she's, because she, for the longest time, she didn't think that was definitely not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like, she wasn't worthy of it. Like, and she says, you know, you're better, you're worth more than a love potion. Like, you deserve better than a love potion or something like that. Yeah. And I thought that was really sweet of her, Because you know. he's like, I'll keep taking love potions. I don't want to lose this. <laughs> I was like, oh, my yeah. God, buddy. <sighs> so, yeah. And then they end up just together, right? They're already married. They're already married. They get they their little the beach party. Sing. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes, Alexis gets their gets her beach party. Yeah, she gets a little beach party, and it's she, all everyone's happy. She gets the ability to float. Yeah, and move herself <laughs> around, so she like floats around at butt height, conveniently enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so. then we get that synopsis of Dante on his journey to go find his faded mate. He's kind of pissed that Fallon, who's so much younger, has his mate. Now Felix gets a mate, like, this guy's older, and he's like, it's my turn. So he's he's going on his journey, and we'll see him hopefully next book. Right, in the epilogue, he's taking a nap, and he, he decides that he can find his mate after his nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that wraps up our book. That brings us to our spice rating. Yes, let's talk about the spicy details of our spicy book. Oh my goodness, we got lots to discuss here, guys. So let's go with S for sexual tension first. When Brie is going to use the magic to lift the love potion off of Felix, um, I quote, That seems like a brilliant plan. I have no complaints. Because <laughs> she says, if it all doesn't work, then we'll just have sex. And he thinks to himself, we can just skip to the end. Why wait? Writing is stupid. <laughs> like, the love potion was such a thing for her, which I totally get. And I loved, you know, that instant attraction, instant attraction trope, you know, but mm-hmm. like with a reason, which is nice. Yeah. So I feel like this was pretty good on the tension, like a good four out of five for me. Mm-hmm. I I think it was a good four out of five. We've got this one here. After they've had sex and she's seen Felix in his werewolf form again and she's all scared of everything, she tells him that he can sleep on the couch, you know, and he says, he asks if he can sleep with her in bed with her that night to, like, test her, you know, and I quote, amusement lit in her eyes, but she kept her face impassive. If I wasn't so enthralled with every move she made, Bree would have made an excellent gambler, but I was, so the subtle shift in her eyes didn't escape my notice, nor did the tip of her wine glass as she loosened her grip. She was thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she, um, another part of sexual tension here that I wanted to add in, Bree tells Felix that after the two weeks are up and they aren't mates, that she's not going to hold it against him if he leaves. And she knows that it'll be, like, awful to have this potential heartbreak, but she's open to testing this out over the next two weeks. 
And I quote, there it is, the line in the sand. Perhaps it was easier for her to make it transactional and out to protect both our emotions in case things go south. So she's having, while being afraid of his demon form, she's also having some conflicting thoughts the more time that she spends with him in his demon form. And she thinks he is strangely adorable for a monster. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I had for S for sexual tension. I agree. It's a good four out of five. I felt like, um, especially, yeah, I, I, I thought I was a good four out of five. That brings us to P for penis slash pussy. I do that every time. Penis slash pussy. Yes, so I absolutely love the descriptors <laughs> in here. I gave this like a five out of five for spiciness, um, and the way that they were described. So here's one quote I have. Oh fuck yes, that pouting little flower was dripping. Yes, there were so many good descriptions. There were so many. A second one I have is blood rushed to my cock. I imagined her bent over the coffee table. I groaned and dragged my hand down its length, giving into the fantasy. Biting back a growl, I pumped faster, picturing my mate's body pinned underneath. Pretty hot. I quote, she'll be so tight around my cock. The thought of sinking into her, stretching that unbearable heat until I was buried to the hilt. She'd need to work up to being able to take my knot, which was fine. I can be a patient man. Probably. <laughs> sweetheart tell me what happened when the woman was sold to the kraken i let one of the shadow tendrils brush over her nipple while two more wrapped around her ankles spreading her legs wider and those are like the tentacles that you're referring to in that quote as well i fucking mm -hmm. love that those tentacle play i was not expecting it i was so excited i was like yes <laughs> yes okay so here's another one for penis pussy Quote, I make no mistake, Lamb, this is for me. She gasped as another tendril slid roughly against her pussy. And so I put this for P for pussy because these last two, because like it used the nipple and pussy and um tight around my cock and yeah, so just that's why I put them here because they're like descriptors and mention of the anatomy. Make no mistake, Lamb, this is for me, she gasped as another tendril slid roughly against her pussy, just like this wet cunt is for me. If I'm only allowed to have you until this curse ends, then I'm going to make the most of it. Love the dirty talk. Mm -hmm. We get wet slit, too. Mm -hmm. So good. Five out of five. And that brings us to I for intercourse. So there's, like, honestly, I feel like two major points that they have sex in the book but they're pretty spicy right they have sex with the tentacles that like they have the sex that one night with the tentacles and they have sex again that night but is it and described it is okay because he because then he knocks and they have sex while he's knotted inside her okay okay i thought that was like all flowing as to like one whole session so in my mind, it is one session, but it was also two scenes. Okay, because she came, like she came multiple times. Yes, I feel like every time you come, it's a different time. 
I mean, not for a female. I feel like for a guy. I feel like every time a guy comes to the station, I'm like, I feel like you're. Like, you're mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, so I can maybe not it. a thing, like it's a very but... long scene. Like there's like yeah. so much going on. There's so much happening. There's like the tentacle play. Um. There's the oral. There was. Then like the vaginal penetration. There was a lot. Like that was a very long, good, spicy scene. And then you have like the on the embankment that they have sex. You've got the masturbation scene that I read before. I don't think she goes down on him at all. I don't think so either. And I think that's about it. They have sex uh on the yep, those two times you would I would say, you know. Like you like I I agree that it's like that one time with the tentacles they had sex and then they had sex on the side of the the river those are the you know but i for my for the spice scale i count it for three um i gave it a four pepper on the spice scale total i think i feel like a three a three a three a three a three okay yeah because they had sex in my opinion three times and he did he masturbated that one time but yeah and so here's some quotes from we got I here. So this first one that we have written down is when he asks her to sit on her face or his face. He says, "Sit down, love. I ordered." She lowered herself a little more, then yelled, "Yelped!" When I smacked her ass, I said, "Sit." I'm heavy. She scolded. Do you enjoy suffocating, woman? If you don't sit down and come on my tongue. So right after that, he sinks the tentacles into her and sucks on her clit with the tentacles and makes her sit on his face to eat her out. (laughs) Yes. And then when they first start to, before they first start to have tentacles for the first time, Felix is like really sure to get her consent and communication down. He's like, please, please tell me if you do need to stop. And when Felix is coming for the first time, I thought this was so sweet. I quote, when the rolling waves of pleasure hit her, it was my name on her lips. A breathtaking sonata that rolled in thoughts of she and I, us together in harmony, sweet music dancing through days of joy and sorrow, savoring each touch and smile until the day we grew silent together. The satisfaction of such a life sent me over the edge. And despite my best efforts, I came hard, spilling my release on her back. I kissed her clit, ignoring the tinge of regret. This wouldn't be the last time we were together. (laughs) And then we have a quote for the first time that he knocks inside of her. Here's a quote. She made an inaudible sound of surprise when the base of my cock swelled inside of her. I held the back of her neck and soothed her with sweet words and soft caresses. Her brown eyes widened as I ground my cock to the bottom of her. Well, please move faster. My eyes widened and I sank my head into her shoulder, growling as I obeyed her demand. Deep thrusts working inside her. My knot swelled to its full size and it damn near, and it became damn near impossible to remove myself. Instead of thrusting, I ground deep inside her, rocking our bodies together in a frantic rhythm. Felix wasn't just different, Dick. That was... I wasn't even sure what it was, but I wasn't sure how I was supposed to function in polite society after. <laughs> yeah, so the intercourse scene, those scenes 
experience. Five out of five. Loved it. <laughs> yes. I don't have any quotes for this scene on the side of the bank, though. That's You're right. Honestly, same. <laughs> yeah, I need... I feel like that one I had way more notes for, and I'm going to just pull it open right now. Okay. Because I have my book here, and I absolutely need to, because these quotes on the side of the beach, or the side, you know, by the water, are incredible. Okay. Here we go. I've got some comments. P for pussy. The thick head of his cock pulsed against my inner thigh. I bit my lip and dragged my pussy across its hot length. I considered slowing down to explore every dip in its ridiculously cut abs for a while, but I was greedy and my body insisted on the main event. <laughs> I. Yes, he hit. Yes, he hissed. Work yourself on my cock. Show me you can take it. With every inch I gave him, Felix kept his hooded eyes trained on where our bodies joined. My body shivered with sensation and I rose again before slamming myself back down. I cried out, unable to even bother trying not to. So she's on top. We need these notes for while she's on top. You're such a fucking good girl, aren't you? There we go. That's one of them. I know. Honestly, like, the women are on top a whole lot in the books, I feel like. Yeah, I had one Jennifer Ryan book I read recently where she, like, was on top the first time that they had sex. And, like, afterwards, the guy was like, wow, you really like sex. And I was like, yeah, why she does? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, You can ride me faster than that, can't you? Of course you can. Moaning out some jumbled nonsense, I tried to work myself faster to give in to his demands. My body coiled tighter. So wet, I could hear the slippery sound every time I thrust back onto him. <laughs> They're not going to help you now, Lamb. I hit a red flash in his eyes before it faded back to blue. Felix moved a hand to grip the back of my neck with one help of his, with one on my hip, helping slam me down. My inner walls clenched around him. Never in my life had I felt so stretched and full. Desperate for more. So that's, um, size. <laughs> yeah. That's size. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Running his lips along the sensitive skin until I felt the brush of his sharp fangs against the juncture between my neck and shoulder, Felix growled and sped up his movements just before sinking his teeth into my neck. Not enough to break the skin, but just enough to send a wild thrill of pain through me. I'm not apologizing for rough sex, Lamb. I'm sorry because I almost turned you into a werewolf. Gotta love a man that says sorry. Yeah, I love a man that can admit that he was wrong. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. Is that all for I? Yeah, that was the end of their sex there on the side of the beach. Because then they find Alexis. <laughs> So that brings us to C for communication. I absolutely love the communication. I feel like there's a little bit of no communication at the end. There's just like some misunderstanding or like miscommunication, I guess. At the very end when they're avoiding one another. Yeah, they were kind of not sure where one or each other were at. Mm -hmm. um, but it didn't take long for them to come back together. Resolve right? that. Yeah, so that was nice. But here's a couple quotes I put down. If I'm only allowed to have you, 
until this curse ends, then I'm going to make the most of it. I want to know what it's going to take to get your nails digging into my back. I want you so needy for me that you bend over and show me that beautiful pump ass whenever I tell you to. She's like, yeah, thanks. Good job. I love that feeling. Oh, Felix. <laughs> I just, what are words? <laughs> and he ends up growling quotes from her favorite romance series, her favorite wolf or werewolf romance series while they're having sex. And she's like, when do you even have the time to read my books? Right? Uh... <laughs> And then he's a he. Here's a quote from the first night that they met. He says, "The chill of the night broke through me when he finally pulled away. I need to deal with the man that thought to take you from me, so I'll leave you for tonight, sweetheart. I'm gonna kill him because he's gonna take her from him. Right? He's a possessive, like I'm gonna kill that man type of guy. Yeah. They have some really great banter. I quote: "We're supposed to be removing your curse," she said, wagging her finger at me. Stop distracting me. I promised nothing. Our future depended. Our future children depended on it. Brat, she muttered. And they call <laughs> each other brat back and forth, off and on. <laughs> their banter is pretty great. I gave yeah. their communication like a good five out of five, four out of five, four out of five, because there's a little bit of that miscommunication at the end. Yeah, they really communicate well. I've got another quote here where she's like opening up about what she's worried about. Mm-hmm. Listen, she sighed, I can be annoyed and horny. If you're worried about my comfort, then don't. Sure, we're strangers, but so far you've done all my chores for me and are apparently no stranger to commitment. I'm impressed, I'm intrigued, and I'm a little hot and bothered thanks to the tentacles. (laughs) He's like, this is fine. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. That was super cute. Their communication was great. I agree. Oh, yes. And so another point where she's asking him um, if he if he wants to go on the rowboat picnic with her. And he says, sweetheart, no, but with, without bothering to hide the stupid grin on my face, if I ever say no to that question, I want you to slap me. I thought that was so cute. I know. It was adorable. He absolutely so, loved that. So cute. He's romantic. <laughs> He's romantic. Ah, oh, Felix. Honestly, I think while Fallon is definitely daddy, and we're not gonna, we're not rating them yet. But I loved Felix. I think more than I did Fallon. I agree. But let's go into our last full segment of our spice scale. He for erotic kinks and tropes. So we've got lots of dirty talk. We've got the the tentacle play. We've got the good girl. So the praise. We've got what else? Public. (laughs) Public. Public. Uh There's also the uh, running and catching prey. Oh, almost like a little bit of primal, like a little taste of primal. Yeah, just a tiny bit. And, and her nightgown has sheep on it. And he calls her lamb. Oh my god. I completely blew past that. You're right though. She's like a treat for a werewolf. Like she's wearing a little <laughs> lamb outfit. Pajamas. Oh my gosh. I and she love takes care of sheep. Like she's Mary 
Is she married with her sheep, or is she like the Red Riding Hood? Like, it's so cute. It's adorable. She, I love it. Um, and so, like, you've got the trope where they're fated mates. I quote, what kind of mate would I be if I didn't check my lambs home for intruders, aside from me? A terrible yeah. one. That's what. <laughs> you also mentioned earlier, like, the insta-love, insta-attraction. So that's a trope, too, in this book. There you go. The tentacles is beautiful. I fucking love the tentacles. <laughs> yes. Give us some quotes on the tentacles. So Felix is able to control the tentacles. That's a whole thing. And I love Bree's surprise she i quote son of a swan's mistress you can control them (laughs) and then i quote i laughed at her clit while keeping a steady alternating alternating pace between the tentacles and her cunt and ass (laughs) i was like damn i had to read that line over and over i was like it's in her butt and over slides past me at the same time. <laughs> like every time the butt stuff is mentioned, you always are like, "Butt stuff guys, just takes it up in her butt, guys." <laughs> guys, like, this quote was just like, I was like, "Damn, okay." Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um. I quote, Brie whimpered and bit her lip as if she was still worried about whether it was all right to enjoy this. I could feel her fighting to keep still as her mind raced, but quiet whimpers broke into sobs when I let the tentacles grow bolder, one gripping its tip into her ass while another replaced my tongue on her clit. I wouldn't let her feel guilty. She'll see just how much I'm enjoying this. So that brings us to our rating. Do you, Al, think Felix is a boyfriend, husband, daddy, or belong in the trash? I think that he has some really cute boyfriend moments and some really cute daddy moments. So for his boyfriend moments, the morning after Felix was hit with a love potion and he has saved Bree the night before, I quote, I know humans don't imprint like we do, so I wanted to give you space. But every second I wasn't near you tore at me. Finding tasks to do around your house was the only thing keeping me from going into your bedroom. <laughs> and she says, honestly, a man showing up and doing my chores wasn't the worst thing to happen to a woman. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> right? I'm like, please. And so another boyfriend moment I felt like was when he couldn't find her and he was missing and she was missing. Um, and the only thing he could do was marry her, basically, because the only connection that the three women had was that they were single, basically. Or they all happened to be single. So he, like, went to go marry her at the court. And I just thought that was, like, such a boyfriend thing to do. Like, <sighs> I don't know why. I just did. <laughs> they got, you know. Um, but I also have some daddy moments. I feel like I have more daddy moments than I did boyfriend moments. So overall, would you say you think he's more of a daddy? Yes. Okay. Give us some examples as to why. <laughs> okay, so Make here's some daddy. <laughs> Bree is trying to do some magic to remove the love potion. She has to do a chant for a spell, and she's like a terrible singer. And Felix does not let it show that he thinks that she is not a good singer. 
I quote, a beautiful singer my lamb was not. Sipping my drink, I relaxed on the love seat, clapping when she finally finished. <laughs> That's such a dad thing to do. Oh my god, I forgot about that part. That part was hilarious. Oh my fucking god, I love him. <laughs> and when she comes downstairs in the night because she got scared, oh. and he told her that, you know, like, you're just gonna get scared and come back down here anyway. Then, you just want to stay. Yeah, she's like until the sun rises and he notices it rising, and so he pulls her under the sheets and like hides her so that he can keep her in the dark for as long as possible. That was so cute. But I oh. thought the daddy moment was when he was like, "I quote, was he was like, what was I right about?" She was like, "I heard a noise outside and I couldn't sleep." She confided, the words half mumbled into my chest. I was like, that was the daddy moment. Making me, I told you so. Oh, come on. And then yeah. when, he, when she tells him that she loves him for the first time, I also thought this was the daddy moment. Um, he, like, makes her tell her over and over again. Makes her tell him over and over again. I quote, I'm sorry, sweetheart. I wasn't listening. One more time. He said, tightening his hold. I scorched my nose and looked away. I said, I might love you a little bit, all right? Don't get a big head about it. <laughs> And then we saw Fallon being a little bit of a daddy again. But um, he takes care of the girls. <laughs> yes. He is woken up by Bree in the middle of the night after Bree and Felix had done the deed for that first time. And he offers to put tea on for the girls in the middle of the night. And when they say that they don't want it, he says, perfect, I'm going back to bed. If you need me, don't. And I thought that was so Miranda Bailey. It's so daddy, like. Uh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> love that one so overall I feel like Felix is a good book husband I don't know there's something still a little bit childish about him I can't consider a daddy but he's good he's hot as heck you know mm-hmm. well maybe not oh, child yeah. I don't know he's just goofy yeah he's a sweetie like, he, he is goofy I agree for whatever reason, I, when I call some, like, daddy books are never goofy guys. That's why I had a hard time calling Sean daddy in Sinner. Yeah, I know. But they, that's why you play with your, that's my, my thought then was that you do, like, play with your daddy, that it's silly. There are times your dad is serious and there are times you play with your dad. Okay. I just, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I... I'm going with husband and your overall book daddy boyfriend. What is it for you? Book daddy. Okay, Felix is a He's husband for daddy. me. A daddy for Al. <laughs> overall, what'd you rate this book? Um, overall, I rate this book four stars. But I feel like now that we've talked about it, I feel like I want to rate it five stars. I okay. Like that happens to me every time. Well, not every time, but sometimes it just happens, I guess. Yeah, I definitely go back and change ratings too. Yeah, I'm really feeling the five star. I really loved the quotes that I pulled up. I was so fun reading through them again. What would you rate this book? I will have to go with a four star. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. But I think it's a good solid four for me. And I think we forgot to talk about the overall spice rating. Oh, yeah. Overall spice. I gave this like a good three and a half. I notched it up with that tentacle play. I feel like without the tentacles, it's good solid three, but I feel like the tentacle made it a good three and a half. I felt like for, for how short it was, I felt like it was a four. Okay. 
Yeah. There you go. That about wraps us up. Thanks for listening. You can join us next Tuesday when we read Morning Glory Milking Farm by CM Nacosta to start us off for this Halloween October season. We're going to get some Minotaurs. I'm so excited for you to read this. It is such a delight. I love her books. I'm so excited. I'm reading it right now for the Mm -hmm. read-along-a-thon. It's a new-to-me author book, and it's for the podcast. I just need two birds with one stone. So There you go. Perfect. We are live on Instagram. We're changing it to Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we'll be talking about our podcast episodes, bookish things that we've got on our brains, events that we're doing, like the read along a thon etc., etc. Be and- sure to like, comment, subscribe. You can also find us on TikTok, Facebook, and anywhere you can find podcasts. The WeTube and YouTube. Until next time, stay, stay spicy! spicy.